0: Well hello ho 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 there guys, it's your favourite co-host Brian here and I want to give a quick shout out to all of our listeners before we snap into episode 18 and possibly our final 2020 of Natural Gen Podcast. This year has been incredibly hard for all of us and Mark and I have been quite fortunate outside of our separate work circumstances to have been afforded the free time to be able to begin a venture we started discussing over a year ago and honestly we are overwhelmed with the amount of support we have garnered over the last 9 months. It has gone way beyond our expectations, and heading into 2021 and what we hope will soon be a lockdown free world, but something we wanted free time to do, we will be actively finding time to do so. This podcast has overtaken our lives. It's our passion, and we look forward to continuing to grow. So with that in mind, if you have ever listened to our podcast, recommended us to someone or showed support in any way, thank you. Thank you so much. It means the absolute world well to us, and without you guys, we wouldn't be doing this. We fucking love you guys and we hope you had the best possible Christmas under current circumstances and wish you a better 2021 because you absolutely deserve it. Enjoy episode 18 and we'll see you in the new year.
1: Well, hello again, everybody out there in podcast land, the listeners of the Nitrogen Podcast. Of course, it's me, Marielus, Mark Ashworth, although miserable Mark Ashworth would sum me up these past couple of days because I'm not very well, but we have deadlines to meet, so we're going to power through this. And obviously, as always, my wonderful co-host, Mr. Das Aktung Kind, <laughs> Brian Bradshaw. How are you today, my friend?
2: Yeah, I'm not too bad. Uh, you're sounding a lot worse. If I'm sounding a lot better, it's because I've got a brand new mic for Christmas that I bought myself. So, yeah, just improving the quality just for you guys, even though it did cost me cost me 120 quid for this fucking thing. <laughs> um, I've got a blue Yeti, as Tony Schiavone would say.
1: I think we always knew from this point on which we were going to get a Yeti. There yeah, was not, I just had to. Yeah, there was not going to be anything else, was there? <laughs> no. Uh, a couple of podcasts that I listen to,
2: they they have used various different mics and when they did say that oh yeah we we've upgraded to the essay and with no no other material at all no other software hardware nothing at all just the mic on its own you can, there is a notable difference and yeah i am just happy that we can get a little bit of better audio quality out there
1: yeah and we absolutely uh employ people out there to give us your feedback when it comes to this sort of stuff as well because obviously we want to sound as crystal clear and as as uh loud as possible um to you guys so that everything's hunky-dory and if, if there's any tweaks that we can make on this side obviously you can just at nitrogen cast us on twitter or wherever you know the usual social media platforms um we absolutely want that feedback because we want to make sure that this podcast is as professional as possible on a not even a shoestring budget because we don't have the money to, <laughs> to buy the shoestring as brian's just said there he's trading himself to a christmas present so there you go all, f- all for the nitrogen podcast i love it
2: yeah just for you guys it ain't for me really is it yeah so
1: merry christmas guys
2: (laughs) yeah it's not it's not like i'm just going to be sat in sat in the danger zone i've given my studio a name today uh (laughs) i'm not going to be sat in here singing danger zone like it's not being used for anything else it's just being used for i this. love
1: that when you you sent me that message yes i've called it the yeah. danger zone i was like highway to the danger zone i went
2: to it right after i text you that i'll be I'll walking around in the kitchen going highway to the danger zone and my mom's like Why are you singing that <laughs> it's
1: such a good song though
2: yeah it is actually yeah. I, don't, I don't really like much kenny loggins but that's a fucking manga. oh yes
1: yes anthem
2: it's that riff, dun, 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 down, down, bow, wow, wow, wow. It's fucking beautiful.
1: You need that to go off every time you you open the hatch or open the door to the to the uh, to the danger zone. <laughs> ah,
2: yes. Uh, you know, like then the, like then Christmas cards that when you open it up and they just go off. The, I need to find the technology for that and put it in my in my studio door. Maybe that's every time I open it up and it just plays. Uh, though to be fair, I think after a few times I'll be just sick of it. I'll be like, oh fuck. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i was gonna say that could be next christmas that, that could be the nitrogen podcasters uh next christmas present to you everybody that listens up we can just uh sort, start a go on me for uh for brian's oh i was
2: just about to say yeah for,
1: yeah for, for for brian's it'd just be a just be a bloody bell wouldn't it really just something like that mm. motion sensing bell or something good stuff right i'm gonna i'm gonna start off with something that we did miss off on the last podcast which was the results for wcw Slambury 1996 we were talking about them um in the nitro that, that happened after Slamboree but we didn't actually give you the results so I'm going to run through them now and, and this this is a little bit long winded so just bear with me um, Booker T and Road Warrior Animal versus Lex Luger and Road Warrior Hawk ended in a double count out in the Lord, of the Lord of the Ring first round tag team match The Public Enemy which is Johnny Grunge and Rocco Rock defeated Chris Benoit and Kevin Sullivan in a Lord of the Ring first round tag team match uh, Rick Steiner and the Booty Man with the Booty Babe defeated Scott Steiner and Sergeant Craig Pittman in the Lord of the I'm just going to stop saying the word of the Ring first round tag team match until it changes now um, <laughs> side, note, side note about Kimberly uh, and the booty babe actually I read an interview with her a couple of weeks ago and she said she absolutely hated like from the get go she hated the idea of the booty babe but there was nothing she could do she didn't dare say anything to anybody um, but she ab- absolutely hated it so there you go uh, I really
2: want to know her feelings on Ed Leslie because I, I I've always had this idea that he's an utter prick to work yeah, with.
1: Yeah, yeah. She needs to do a shoot interview, but I don't think she's like she's got the 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 you know the white picket fence and a very quiet life now. By the sounds of it, working for some like real real estate as a, as a bloody receptionist or something really really crazy. Yeah.
2: Which seems to be what every wrestler and ex-wrestler is getting into these days. Fucking real estate. Yeah. And, that, and that's not me judging them. That's a real good thing to get into. Yeah. But it's just the fact that it's a dumb thing. Are you an ex-wrestler? Yeah, get a real, into real estate. Like, do you reckon that there's somebody just... Like, this one person. One person that's just waiting by the phone. Like, oh, The Undertaker's retired. Well, bad example. He's already into real estate. But I'm i am running with it. Oh, uh, he's retired. Um beep, beep, beep. beep. Hi, Mark. Want to get into real estate?
1: Yeah. I reckon that mm. it wouldn't surprise me. Although a lot of them get into it during the careers as well. Sting did. Sting's a prime example. He yeah. got into real estate like well into his career. Um it's something that doesn't depreciate in value, it only just goes up, on not it? So it makes sense yeah. to do it really. Um Wise choice. Mm. Um Jim Duggan and VK Wall Street defeated the Blue Bloods, which were Lloyd Stephen Regal and Squire David Taylor. Uh Dick Slater and Earl Robert Eaton defeated Alex Wright and Disco Inferno. Oh my god. Uh, wow. in a match that lasted 2 minutes and 56 seconds uh, Diamond Dallas Page and the Barbarian defeated Hugh Morris and Meng uh, Fire and Ice Ice Train and Scott Norton defeated Big Bubba and Stevie Ray uh, Randy Savage and Rick Fleur with Miss Elizabeth and Woman defeated Arne Anderson and Eddie Guerrero uh, in a match that was given 4 minutes uh, D Malenko who was the Cruiserweight Champion defeated Brad Armstrong uh, I think that was his first official title defence and of all the people it had to be Brad Armstrong Um and
2: and let's say Brad Armstrong isn't a bad wrestler but come on you've got a great
1: roster yeah though. yeah of course you do Um plenty of people to throw in there for a much better match Uh it was given it was given eight and a half minutes as well Um I, I think it was more like a
2: annoying wink to the uh, light heavyweight days of the WCW yeah maybe because I think Brad Armstrong was the last champion and then he got injured so they just like forgot about it or Quietly
1: retired it. I oh you you might be right. I, I, for some reason I, I I remember Brian Pillman. I think Brian Pillman was the first holder, were not he? But um, I can't remember if he was the last holder as well. I'm not sure. Um, no,
2: I, I I'm I'm at least ninety percent certain it was Brad Armstrong. Uh,
1: Dick Slater and Earl Robert Eaton defeated uh, Jim Duggan and VK Wall Street in a semi-final tag team match for the Lord of the Ring tournament which good
2: god they got to the semi-final fucking Jim Duggan and VK Walsh.
1: yeah something wow yeah. <laughs> something's happened there so Dick Slater and Earl Robert Eaton have obviously teamed up after um, the Blue Bloods got knocked out anyway um, oh no sorry sorry no I've got that wrong never mind uh, Squire <laughs> David Taylor oh I'm mixing Squire that's I've got cotton wool in my head squire david taylor was part of the blue bloods that got knocked out not earl robert eaton uh, this part of the same faction i'm getting confused uh, the public enemy defeated randy savage and rick flair who came to the ring with miss elizabeth and woman in the other semi-final tag team match by count out that's the official call even though the bell never rang after macho attacked flair during his entrance as liz was throwing macho's cash to the crowd Pittman, bagwell riggs eddie they all came out to help security and police restrain macho man Fleur looked like he'd put in some legit shots and some legit right hands into Macho uh, and it was really intense Um Damian Dallas Page and the Barbarian defeated Rick Steiner and the Booty Man with the Booty Babe in, the, in a semi-final tag team match uh, Conan, who's the United States champion, defeated Justin Thunder Liger to retain the title in nearly 10 minutes. DDP defeated Rick, S- Rick Slater and Earl Robert Eaton and Ice Train and Johnny Grunge and Rocko Rock and Scott Norton and the Barbarian in the Lord of the Ring final battle royal, which was given 9 minutes 33 to get a number one contender shot for the WCW title, which we discussed. Nine minutes. Nine minutes for a battle royal. Yeah, containing, oh. is that seven, pe- eight people, is it? Yeah, to be fair, yeah, that's true. But... Eight people, yeah. Um, yeah. You'd still expect it to go on a little bit longer, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, battle royals on, on like SmackDown go longer than that. Yeah. It, no matter, no matter how many people in, because there's always the very quick eliminations at the beginning. Yeah. It, it it's it, it's just such a copy and paste match gimmick. But mm.
1: I'm not going to start shooting on the battle royal. No, if we're going to shoot on anything, check out our YouTube channel, which is now live with videos, and there'll be more coming in the following few days and weeks. Um, if you're bored over the Christmas period and you want to listen to us shoot the shit out of WWE, NXT, AEW, Impact Wrestling, even the olden days of TNA, WCW, you know, we're, we're gonna go all out. Um, and that's uh, some of the videos are already up, so check us out there. Linktree, l i n k t i dot e forward slash Nitrogen Gencast. Nitrogencast will take you to all the links that we have on the internet, including Brian's over 18 Patreon. <laughs> I was going to say, Nitro
2: Chen podcast, by the way. That's our Chinese subsidiary.
1: <laughs> Check him out. I hear the good over there. Ran by Sonny Ono. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the main event of this um, this pay-per-view, the Giant, who is the WCW champion, coming out with Jimmy Hart, defeated Sting, who came out with Lex Luger to retain the WCW title after nearly 11 minutes. Uh, Sting, as with Lex, gets the baby-faced heat full of beans. Uh, Giant attempts to chalk slam through a table, but Lex, who is handcuffed to Jimmy Hart, cleverly holds on to Hart and throws him onto a table so that Giant won't actually put Sting through a table. Uh, just as Sting gets an advantage in the ring, Hart comes to the uh, to help him while lex softly attempts to restrain him giant throttles lex and absorbs at least three stinger splashes sting then mounts the turnbuckles to kind of drop kick him off lex lex falls to the floor dragging jimmy over onto the exposed turnbuckle while giant has took a tumble onto the mat sting signals for a scorpion deathlock but then notices jimmy in a prime position for a stinger splash as lex is recovering he quote inadvertently pulls jimmy down so sting misses the stinger splash uh, a bit more of the match continues, and Sting gets a, another chance for a Scorpion Deathlock and actually gets it on this time. Jimmy attempts to interfere with his megaphone by hitting Sting, but Luger and Jimmy fight on the apron over the megaphone like kids at Christmas. Lex overpowers Jimmy and subsequently hits Sting in the head with the megaphone, accidentally apparently. Uh, giant chokeslam, and it's a win for the Giant while more questions are asked of Lex. Uh, I detailed that simply because, again, it goes back into this now six month long willy or won't he thing with Sting where you know it's just so laxadaisical <laughs> costing Sting at every turn. It's this is actually the second time that he's cost him a, a, a title I think now. I really can't remember. Excuse no that well the last one we're on a, a pay-per-view as well. Um yeah, I don't, I don't. even remember talking about it. Like you, or you, you will, because you got really hot about the rules because it was a three-way and it was tag rules. Oh
2: fucking hell! Yeah.
1: Yes, it was that.
2: Yeah. Oh my god.
1: Yeah. Um. So we won. I'm not
2: getting hot about that now. It, it, I've got it out myself.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's in the archives, guys. Go and check that one out because it's, it's pretty good. Is that the one where you threw your headset through your microphone? Yeah, it yeah, was. It was,
2: yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it was actually in my headset that I threw. Fuck! Fuck! Am I gonna throw my microphone? Like
1: definitely not. Now you're putting all in your fucking house.
2: Fucking put a hole in my house. My house would it would there would be a sinkhole. Put it that way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so not standing on ceremony now. Uh, Natural number thirty-seven, May twenty-seventh, nineteen ninety-six from Macon, Georgia. Um, it's new faces for a new era. The first hour will be presented by Tony Schiavone and Larry Zabisco, who run down the card for tonight. What were your first impressions oh, I'm, of this?
2: Yeah, I'm really, really happy to see The Living Legend and Larry. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Gotta say, I'm just so happy to see Tony Schiavone on the podcast now. Like we I, I think apart from the really fucking weird uh, Halloween Havoc intro where it Yeah, it yeah. obviously a Halloween Havoc intro. Obviously you listen you you do the watch alongs with the sound up a little bit. I have no sound on at all. So really, I haven't really heard or seen much of him at all. So this is it's new, but it, it's also not new because we're hearing him on AW and that. But yeah, it, it's new for the podcast, and yeah, welcome aboard, uh, Tony Schiavone, and you, Larry Zabisco, because I do like Larry as well. So
1: yeah, Larry, Larry used to do the WCW Worldwide on Channel Five with Scott Hudson, so he, he's uh, he's a familiar voice in that respect as well, and he, he he's. I wouldn't say he's as quick as Bobby Heenan, but he certainly does. He does have the odd gem. Um, yeah, and I I remember him from TNA days
2: as well. Oh, of course, yeah. Is it, yeah, uh, that's what I remember. The, the one thing that you notice with Larry, uh, Larry Sabisco, I nearly said Larry Giovanni then, <laughs> uh, Larry Sabisco is that he's got a velvety tone to his voice, mm. and it, it, it's, it, it just adds a sheen. It's the best way I can describe it. It's a sheen to commentary.
1: Yeah, yeah. Interestingly enough, when, when WCW Worldwide had just started, I didn't know who Larry Zabisco was. Um, I know that he, he, he. I know that he was on the. He was on a starcade pay per view. Uh, he, he fought Scott Old, didn't he? But uh, other than that, I didn't know who he was. So when Scott Hudson was introducing Larry Zabisco, I used to keep. I used to think he kept saying, "There is a disco," like. <laughs> so he's like, "I'm Scott Hudson. There is a disco. Uh, good night, everybody. That sort of thing. It's like, mm-hmm. why is there always a disco? What? I don't get it. And then, yeah." down the line I, I realised it was Larry Zabisco um, yeah funny funny you should say that because I've been meaning to take a picture of this at work um, I work in the
2: beer aisle last week and I noticed an IPA called uh, Disco
1: Forklift Truck yes and I'm like that's a WCW gimmick match isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's not too bad that actually I've had it before um, it's it's pretty nice but yes you are bang on the money there that is a that is a WCW gimmick right there uh I'm trying to think. Judy Bagwell on the top of forklift. This is why we can't brew uh, ales, because we'd call them yeah. things like that. We'd call them the Judy Bagwell yeah. on a forklift ale, or something like that.
2: Yeah, she'd be on the forklift and Disco would be driving around the arena going, ha 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 ha! It's a shame I don't like mango, because I would actually drink that.
1: I can't remember what it is. It is mango. Is it mango? Yeah. It's been a while since I've had that. So we're going into uh, into a match here before I start wanting it a beer because I'm currently drinking coffee. Owen um, Anderson and Ric Flair with Woman and Miss Elizabeth versus the American Males. Uh, stand-up match this for me. that Straight away, it is pricked up and, and I was all in. Uh, four guys yeah, really I really enjoyed. And obviously when you're factoring Woman at ringside as well, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, I have
2: to say, uh, Ric Flair's role... Do you know them pink and white, uh, pink and white that It can get. Oh, I
1: love them. Yeah, pink panthers.
2: Oh yeah. Well, the the package of it, it's all pink with white writing and a little bit of red. Yeah. You know, I, I just looked at that robe and I'm like, mm, th- that looks fucking delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Flair looks delicious. I got, <laughs> yeah, I got really fucking hungry, and it's payday today, and I mean work tomorrow, so I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna pick some up on my lunch break. I'm not gonna have anything else. I'm just gonna be eating them. They are
1: awesome. They are really.
2: I, 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 every bite, I'll be like, nom, nom, woo! <laughs>
1: They're just wafer, aren't they? I was trying to think yeah, what they were made uh, of, like, and it's just wafer. Yeah.
2: yeah, the wafer with white and pink marshmallow between them. Oh, fucking gorgeous. Beautiful. Funnily enough, actually, even without the robe, just wearing pink, Rick for is definitely a uh, pink and white wafer. <laughs> I mean, his it, skin is the wafer part. There's trunks, the pink trunks with the white writing is the marshmallow part first shout all, all, I, all I, I think I might have just put myself off yeah actually. all I'm hearing
1: here is Ric Flair looks the yeah. delicious that's all I'm hearing <laughs> you want to eat Ric Flair up
2: <laughs> to be fair I want to eat his robe I don't want to eat Ric Flair <laughs>
1: <laughs> enough women have done that uh, oh my god yeah. <laughs> just take. Uh, this is a, a match to set up um, a match set up to prepare the horsemen for the challenge of uh, Steve Mongol McMichael and Kevin Green coming up at Great American Bash Uh, Zabisco spends a lot of this attempting to get over a heel gimmick on the commentary, uh, supporting the heels and constantly running down NFL athletes, saying this is obviously where the big boys play and you should just stick to football and all that sort of stuff. Very weird way to promote a match coming up at a pay-per-view, but it's been proven in history to work, that a heel commentator will say stuff, and it still adds some sort of intrigue to the match coming up. There's plenty of heel spots from the horsemen. While the second time we find the action on the outside, the males get an advantage with Bagwell coming to the assault of Fleur, as Riggs reverses a whip slash elbow attempt on the outside. The advantage ends with Bagwell clotheslining Fleur out, while Oran and Riggs fight on, and Fleur heads to his VIP table, which is becoming a mainstay on Nitro now, and teases use of a champagne bottle on the outside. <laughs> <again>. <laughs> on the outside again. After that, Oran misses an attempt to use a ring post on Bagwell. And uh, we just go quickly to a break. Um going back to that champagne bit, he, he kinda like feeds it to woman, doesn't he? And he's just like, You're gonna drink some of this, you're gonna drink and she just sort of like no sells it. Uh really awkward. <laughs> um on returning Bagwell. gotta respect woman, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, last last week he was calling him wide. So
2: <laughs> Oh oh yeah, sure. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On returning, Bagwell uh is giving it Riz in the corner bashing both horsemen in a comeback before getting Riggs in via a tag. A dishevelled Fleur uses Riggs' attempt to run off the ropes to lock the ankles and give the advantage to Iron. again as Shivani excellently calls it the experience factor, while continuing to promote the Great American Bash match upcoming. Two glasses of champagne are poured for the commentary team thanks to Fleur, while the action continues yeah. in the ring
2: i've got to say one thing tony actually tries to get that over it says this is a first in our sport yeah what drinking champagne Mick <laughs> <laughs> has been doing it for fucking weeks tony Come that's on.
1: literally what i've said next where tony tells us it's a first for our sport which is going to be a running joke for the next 20 years of wcw nostalgia <laughs> i think uh, zabisco as well says it's like don perignon 1992 or something like that as well yeah so, something like that um we do get a camera angle as well where they're just sort of raising the glass and sipping the champagne uh, very very different I've never seen that before I don't know if Tony's right or wrong or whether or not it's happened it happened last week didn't it to be fair everybody got champagne yeah. last week yeah um, as I've said R- Rick Lowe's been drinking
2: it on TV for ages like oh, you got, you're special because you're on the commentary team <laughs> fuck off
1: it slows down quite a bit from this point again giving the heels the advantage with quick tags in and tags out a shoving match between Fleur and the referee allows Riggs time to get a hot time oh, It was a really, really, like, God. long one. Normally, it's just one shove, yeah. one shove back, and that's it. But they were, like, shoving yeah. for, like, three or four seconds.
2: I I fucking bust a gut watching this because <laughs> as as Randy Anderson's fucking pushing him back, Fleur's flailing his head long around like a madman. His hair's just flopping everywhere. He's flailing his fucking limbs. He's really fucking selling the intensity of a shoving match with a referee. <laughs> yeah. I love Ric Flair so fucking much at this point. Yeah, they
1: they needed they needed something to happen to be able to get that hot tag, and I think Fleur called an older there and just sort of said, "Ref, shove me, shove me again, shove me again," <laughs> uh, just to get it done. So, um,
2: I've just realised that becomes a Triple H staple as well. Yeah. So you can tell the influencer. Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, so Bagwell's in now. A massive top rope drop kick gets uh gets a two as Orn comes in via a tag small package allows Ornn to reverse it in Fleur's favour while Riggs does the same to the delight of the crowd (laughs) Riggs
2: I fucking love this spot back and forth was good it was good it was like two cats with a ball of yarn just fucking (laughs) way with it I fucking love that spot
1: Uh, Riggs nails Ornn with a huge oof from the crowd uh, while Bagwell gets his fisherman suplex off to no avail Buff gets a pin on Fleur next to the rope which allows woman to rake the eyes and Ornn is into DDT Bagwell as he's flailing around, and the winners for this one will be the Horseman via pinfall. Uh, obviously, Ric Flair covered Bagwell after the interference of Woman and Arn. Post-match, Gene is with them at the VIP table, and he calls Arn Mister Anderson, which just was weird.
2: Uh, yeah, th- that gives me two thoughts. Mister <laughs> Anderson. Or it's Mr. Anderson from The <laughs> Matrix. Oh, I, just two different fucking running thoughts in my head. Welcome back. Wow, I'm winded. Jesus.
1: Aghast. <laughs> uh, he also says they've dug a hole for themselves against Mongo and Green. So that's Gene saying that to the horseman. Uh Arnes, quote, never met a football player he couldn't walk over the top of to get to a better fight or found a woman that Ric Flair couldn't have like That. Uh, he said that they don't respect anybody who wears protection. <laughs> and Right, it's-
2: uh, let's go back. He said that he's never found a football player he, he couldn't step over. He ain't met Akin Fenwell from uh, Wickham Wanderers, has he? <laughs> yeah. Who's <laughs> actually really pushing to get a WWE match as well?
1: It wouldn't surprise me if he got it.
2: Uh, fucking hell, they'll hand him a contract. Vince will, be- Vince will just see him like, oh,
0: fucking big fella, aren't you? Yeah,
1: yeah. I wonder what his wife so, looks Mike like. my He's off tonight. That'll be the. Uh, oh, that'll be the deciding factor. Of what his wife looks like.
2: You know, like mini bottles of Jack Daniels that you can just put between your finger and your thumb. Mm. I bet it's. I bet she's like that. <laughs> just puts him on. Uh, puts him in his pocket. <laughs> puts her in his pocket. Sorry.
1: Uh, yeah, he'd have to. it would have to take a very big run and jump to try and get over Akinfenwa. Um If you're wondering who Akin Fenwar is, Google it but I'm not going to spell his name because I'll probably get it wrong in my state
2: yeah Akin wickum. Wickham you won't be able to spell either of those yeah. words Google will help you
1: he said that they don't respect anybody who wears protection uh, and it's hand to hand at Great American Bash Fleur has a new saying about skies rocking at night woo afternoon delight. Uh, <laughs> he name drops yeah sings
2: afternoon delight. yeah mm-hmm.
1: he name drops the commissioner of the NFL to step in as he slobbers all over the uh, arms of the ladies again Um uh,
2: Right, he's very much like a drunk uncle at a wedding here. He's singing fucking random songs, and then he's like finding women. He's like, mmm, mm, mm, mm. he's like, he's really gone off on one. <laughs> I mean, that's—I know that sounds really like weird thing to say. Like, oh well, yeah, this is Rick Flair. He goes off on one every promo. No, is that extra nuts here? It—it—it mm. it, it, it doesn't help that he's absolutely gassed from the match.
1: Yeah, yeah, he still manages to cut a decent promo after a match, though. Um, he's
2: the fucking master. He is,
1: yeah he says while you've been playing football he's saying this to mcmichael while you've been playing football i've been making up for lost time down texas way because deborah is the nature boys um, he then takes shots at macho saying liz is the sugar mommy with his bankroll Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up we get uh, a really really cheesy video package of bongo and green working out in the gym um, the music makes it even worse this is the start of uh, that's our mongo right here like (laughs) whoever runs that account was doing a natural watch along from front to back and they they saw that and they thought you know what I'm going to start a Twitter account and that whoever that guy is genius yes absolutely
2: absolutely genius worth follow
1: kind of detracted away Uh, from the WCW stuff at the moment he's he's very ECW orientated at the moment isn't he yeah
2: Uh, by the way just going back before that vignette there's women at the ringside just clapping what the fuck is that about
1: Oh, they were the the ring girls, aren't they? They catch yeah, all the just uh, ring girls, yeah.
2: But all they're doing is stood there clapping. Yeah, weird. Like, what? What are you clapping for? <laughs> Yay, we're back from a break. Yeah.
1: Like, um, in this video package as well, all I can hear is Mongo grunting, flare, 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 while Green says, "We're coming hard." Like.
2: Yeah, I, I was gonna say it's very homoerotic. Yeah, this. it was.
1: Yeah, I just went it very it went very PG nineteen. Um,
2: I said, oh, I've just realised, I said homoerotic, not
1: homoerotic. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that step further than homoerotic. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Uh, next up, next up, Steve Doll versus the Mauler with Colonel Robert Parker.
2: Uh, oh my God! This is a match well out of them American wrestling tribute shorts that you see at King George's All <laughs> In Blackburn, isn't it? It's a fake Mister Perfect versus fake Scotty Too Hotter here. Yeah. Um, I mean, just look at look at the uh, attire. Um, Steve Dolls wearing the singlet, which is white at the bottom, black at the top. And it's got that B cut out uh, for the half and half effect, and you've got uh, the mower who. He looks a bit like a—he looks a beast. He looks genuinely scary, but then he's got these trousers on, these black trousers with red patches all over there, and I'm thinking like, this is a fucking, this is Mister Perfect versus Scotty Twootty. Yeah, <laughs> and I—I couldn't get that—I couldn't get that, that far out of my head. It, it's an elaborate game of guess who because I have no fucking clue who these are.
1: Yeah, sadly, um, Scotty Twootty versus, you know, Mister Perfect would have been. Uh, a lot better than this turned out to be. Um, so Steve Dol is uh, Steve Dunn and the mauler is Mike Enos. Um, both have had runs in the. Oh, DF. Mike Enos. Yeah.
2: yeah, I've heard of Mike Enos before. Yeah. Like, but I, I, I couldn't put a base to him. So, yeah, I don't know why I sounded too excited about that. Mike Enos. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, I've heard <laughs> that low card jobber. <laughs> wow! I've won this game. I guess who? Yeah. <laughs> uh.
1: I haven't wrote much uh, about this match because, uh, as we were detailing, then it's just it's just not that good. Uh, there's a big overhead yeah, release. A big, Go on.
2: There's a big spill. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, big that's, that's spill. Um, that's all I put Yeah. Big overhead <laughs> release, don't...
1: suplex from the middle rope from Mauler. But that's uh, but this is a contest. Not many people care about. Uh, I was worried about this as well because obviously we were talking in one of the previous podcasts about failure matches, and now we've gone up to two hours, which is actually like an hour and thirty-five in in, in when you get all the ads out. Um, but filler matches you don't you don't need to be putting filler matches in but I'm, I digress about that anyway um, Mole's chaps are quite distracting as we fight on the outside and take a break And um, chaps have never looked the same since Christina Aguilera but there you go um, <laughs> we come back and there's a scoop and a snake eyes on the top rope and then the camera's cut to the crowd and a denim clad man walks to the ring Zabisco continues commentating as the man jumps the guardrail and grabs a mic and if you would like to do your uh, impression of this strange human being that's just decided to jump the guardrail, you be my guest.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm not going to run through through the whole promo, but I'll I'll give it an earnest attempt here. Uh, you people know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Where is Billionaire Ted? Where is the Nacho Man? <laughs> Nailed it. And I'm leaving it. I'm leaving it at that. And Nailed I it. did the fake. Fi- I did the finger thing as well when I said natural, man. Oh, you've
1: got to. You've got to. Um, it's, it's impulsive. That's right, folks. Razor Ramon is in the building, although you're not allowed to say that in WCW. Uh, but he's not dressed in gold. He's not got the 42 chains on. But the few strands of curly hair dangling from his fringe as he continues laying out the challenge to WCW.
3: <laughs> you people, him, you know who I am. But you don't know why I'm here. Are we gonna get security here? Where Mm -hmm. is Billionaire Ted? Where is the Nacho Man? That punk can't even get in the building. Me, I go wherever I want whenever I want. Listen, we can, we can and where, oh where, is Scheme Gene? Because I got a scoop for you. When that Ken doll look when that weatherman wannabe comes out here later tonight, I got a challenge for him, for Billionaire Ted, for the Nacho Man, and for anybody else in uh, WCW. (laughs) Hey, you want to go to war? You want a war? You're going to get one.
1: A lonesome referee in Randy Anderson asks Razor to leave, which he slowly does without shaking any hands of the fans, finally throwing a toothpick at the camera as we cut to black and quickly go to an unexpected break.
2: Well, I've got to say one thing. In that match, I could have sworn it was Nick Patrick.
1: I did not pay enough attention.
2: <laughs> yes, it was Nick Patrick. Now, that match had no finish. They just stopped.
1: Yeah, they walked off, yeah. No,
2: no, no ring bell. Uh, Nick Patrick approaches uh, the mauler and uh, Colonel Parker in the corner and he basically just said, we're done here, we're done. Now, I know a fair bit about the New World Order and I know he becomes our official ref. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. I'm very curious, I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, if that would have been foreshadowed, that's, that's pretty fucking cool, to be honest. I didn't notice that at all. Um, yeah, here's a million tweets uh, to
2: me uh, at that kid. Probably should be at on Twitter yeah. saying, oh, "No, that wasn't Nick Patrick, that was Randy Anderson." They fucking both got mullets and mustaches. True. Yeah. Fuck off. I- I'm getting pissed off in <laughs> uh, in advance about this because I know I'm going to get a million tweets now correcting me.
1: <laughs> Notifications off for the night. Back onto FIFA. Uh, uh, off for the week. <laughs> <laughs> Coming back. Uh, Tony lively calls the matches. That are coming later on as they seemingly ignore the previous incident. Uh, Sergeant Craig Pittman comes to the ring with Teddy Long. See, player. you're
2: saying ignoring it, but I think that's actually a really good selling yeah. of oh, yeah. the situation. Yeah. Fucking, the crowd was silent. They didn't pop at all. Hmm. And I don't know if that's in post or that's just how they reacted, but they were fucking dumbfounded. Yep. And that absolutely sells the situation because, I mean, they're just seeing Razor Ramon here. He's, he's still got the Razor Ramon characteristics. Yep. You know they're looking at Razor wrong Like what the fuck is either in here? And you've got to understand. Like this is 1996. There's no dirt sheets. No. Nope. Not in, not in the way that we have them now. Nope. You have to. You really have to search out the Wrestling Observer. Um, up oh, the Wrestling Observer newsletter. Uh, Dave Meltzer, fuck off. But uh, you'd really have to like get the magazines just to get all the the inside knowledge about this. Yeah. If you haven't got that, you do not know that. Scott Hall has run down his contract with WWE and signed with WCW. You don't know about that about Kevin Nash either. So seeing this guy that's a WWE guy jump over the guardrail on WCW Nitro. Oh my God. I really fucking wish I was there in this moment, watching in this moment. Because that is... It's legendary. It's legendary. It's a game changer. And you will not get that these days. Even stinging AEW isn't what I would consider a game changer. It's a big moment. It's not a game-changer by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, they,
1: they did well to keep it secret, didn't they? Although they knew that Sting was going to sooner or later end up in AEW. He just didn't know when. So to, for him to keep it secret, which was obvious by looking on Twitter and looking at like NordEQ.com and ESPN and everything like that were all tweeting like Sting's just showing up on AEW because they did keep well, it
2: Well, AEW... Secret. AEW don't have Terry Taylor on, the, on their on the uh, books, so Big bonus. there you go. Yeah, <laughs> and the people yeah. in the know
1: are the people who are, who are well, you know, want to see the company succeed, Tony Khan, Coley Rhodes, the Young Bucks, so it's worth. Meltzer,
2: Brian Alvarez.
1: There, there is that, I mean, but I'd be very surprised if they even got if they got wind of it prior to that, because even Melts, who said he doesn't want he, 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 Sting won't wrestle in AEW, but we've heard that Sting yeah. will wrestle in AEW.
2: But I, I have a, I have a funny feeling that they knew beforehand and they just didn't spoil it. But if this were WWE, it'd be all over the fucking internet before you know it. Because we all know that they've got a bias for AEW. I mean, Brian Alvarez has always been anti WWE. He's he's still bitter because WWE bought WCW out. He's always been that so way. Am I. It, you know. Well, yeah, I can understand <laughs> it. But it's a guy that's supposed to be a professional fucking journalist here. He's just got a bee in his bonnet about WWE. And he will criticise WWE for doing certain things, like look, this doesn't make log- uh, make logistical sense." It's like that all oh, they're doing lucha moves in a match where you're gonna get your eye out your opponent. It's like it's fucking wrestling, dude. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. But like, you're not criticising AEW for this shit. And Dead Meltzer is, I mean, he's. It, let's let's just be honest, right? He goes home every night. He gets in bed. He ignores his wife. He looks to the bedside table, there's a picture of the young boxer, he puts his hand on it, gives it a kiss good night, and goes to sleep. <laughs> Maybe has a wank if he's feeling in the morning.
1: <laughs> oh man, well, there you go.
2: Yeah, I, I, they knew, they fucking knew. And good on you for not re- uh, revealing it beforehand.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's something that the wrestling business is sorely missing now I think. Um, of course again, we'll elaborate on everything like that over on our YouTube channel where we do our um, weekend wrestling videos. Uh, make sure you subscribe over there and have a look and of course we'll be promoting it on the uh, social media channels as well so keep an eye out
2: yeah don't expect much WWE content because I don't watch it anymore
1: no no I'm sure we'll run into some stuff um, sooner or later yeah it's usually past stuff though innit?
2: it yeah or when they do something fucking controversial yeah which is seemingly every other week these days so
1: true so I I agree with what you were saying as well. I don't think WCW. I don't think Bischoff or Schiavone or anybody for that matter throughout this, as we we're about to detail, did anything wrong in ignoring what's just happened with Razor Ramon. However, obviously later on Bischoff is in in range of a microphone, so it's very it's very subtle and it's very. I think I think it's just really really well done. Uh, but we'll detail yeah. that shortly. Um, so Sergeant Craig Pig- Pittman is coming. I know they say Pigman then. Sergeant <laughs> Craig Pittman comes to the okay, ring. Now that
2: was an ultimate warrior impression. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's coming to the ring with Teddy Long, player. Uh, Tony says, we certainly get surprises. Certainly do. So this is going to be Craig Pittman versus Diamond Dallas Page. And I have to say, imagine the wonders that this did for DDP following Razor Ramon turning up on Nitro. And these two are obviously friends in real life. Um, people switch over to see Nitro and obviously the first thing that they're going to see is they're going to see Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah, And I think if you put anybody else in this position, it's anybody else that's going to... We wouldn't be talking about DDPY now? We wouldn't be talking about DDP no. at all. I, th- I think this moment made sure that DDP had a platform and a stepping stone to move up and carry on up the charts.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, this match, is it's... It, it, it's... It's a nothing match, really. There's nothing really majorly interesting about mm. it. But it serves a purpose to get DDP over Yeah. So, Pittman does, like, little bits of, you know, submission moves and things like that. But it's all DDP. Yeah, yeah. And DDP came out this match looking really, really good. Mm. Did fuck off with Pittman, but, you know what, who gives a fuck about Pittman? <laughs> you know...
1: I do. I do kind of feel bad for him because he's just not. He's he's just not getting the rub of the green. Is he? he's been around long enough and he's stuck with a stale character and he's just sort of fucking plodding along. I hope he made some money and I hope he's doing all right for himself. But yeah. other than that, he's just not somebody that you really care about. And DDP. He's
2: not good. That's the thing. Like you saying, he's not getting the rub of the green. Well, if he had a wank, he would be getting the rub of the green because he is green. That's the, it. And I don't mean to be too harsh about it, but that's just the way he is. He's been around for a while and he's just not he's not cut out for the business it's simple as that and like you said just to piggyback on what you said and like nothing against the guy or anything but i hope he made his money and he's living a happy life and and that but yeah he's just not for the business he's not
1: natural he's certainly not natural Um,
2: this character would have gotten over in the 80s hmm. maybe the early 90s but in 1996 a guy that's basically sergeant and let's be fucking honest about it the sergeant gimmick has been done yeah this you know you, you you're saddled with something and i know he had an army career prior to this but you're saddled with a gimmick that's already been done you hear sergeant you hear sergeant slaughter yeah. you know he should have had something else but even outside the gimmick he's just not a good wrestler and again i'm not judging the guy it's just like some people cut out for the business some people aren't and he he just sadly wasn't no I hope you're doing okay, Sergeant Pittman, if you're listening. Probably not. Yeah. I, 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 I have the idea that he's probably he probably doesn't really care about his wrestling career at this point. It's just it's just a, a footnote on his life.
1: Hmm. Well, DDP proceeds to do the worst press-ups I've ever seen. Um, press-ups that DDP, why DDP, would be fuming at. Pittman does yep. one-arm push-ups, to be fair, to his credit, uh, as a retort to that. And they get it started with DDP missing a standing sent-on. Plenty of character from... I
2: thought it was a pump kick. No. Oh, well... It looked like... Yeah, it looked like he went... Because I only saw one leg rise up. So it looked like he was doing a pump kick. And because Pittman moved, he just turned it into like a back sentence just to sell it. Yeah,
1: it could have it been. Like, overdramatic. Yeah, yeah. it could have been. Um, it looked fucking good, though. It felt like a sack of spuds. <laughs> uh, there's plenty of character from DDP in this. He attempts a headbutt, yeah. but knocks himself silly and gets tangled in cables on the outside. Uh, you have to appreciate um, DDP's ability to entertain that that probably masks his basic in-ring ability at this moment in time.
2: Yeah, before that, Pittman's actually uh, trying to do mat submissions and he's really struggling. You can tell that he's... It, it, this is where I say, like, like, where he's not got out for the business. It's things like this. He's really struggling to apply it. He doesn't know where to go and all that. And you hear DDP audibly say, what the hell was that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I missed it. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, dear. Uh... Pittman goes for his submission as DDP grabs Teddy Long and throws him comically into the guardrail. Pittman is distracted from that, thus, and a diamond cutter to no reaction from the fans whatsoever. And we hear DDP's no. network theme with crowd noise dubbed in as the winner is DDP via pinfall. Um, yeah,
0: it, painfully dull match. Yes,
1: and we move swiftly on. We run.
2: Uh- that, uh, that theme, though, as much as I fucking hate it, I hate the dubbing of themes. I know they have to, yeah. but I absolutely hate it. had a really sweet bass line to it, though. Yeah, yeah. You can tell I'm a bass player, can't <laughs> you?
1: <laughs> we run a highlight promo on Macho's craziness over the past couple of months, as we're told he's suspended from all WCW actions. Uh, a quick up next shows Giant daring anyone to try and take the title uh, in a promo that he cut a couple of weeks ago and next we get Shark cutting a promo that he almost fluffs up. He says the Taskmaster threw him out of the Dungeon of Doom. He says he'll win the title and then take care of Sullivan and Jimmy. Gene says he's been hobnobbing with celebrities as we cut to a video package of Hulk Hogan saying we've really missed him. We really haven't. Uh,
2: Seriously, this fucking episode of Nitro just made me hungry. This is the pink and white wafers because of Rick Floyd's robe, and then you start talking about hobnobbing, and I'm like, mm, hobnob biscuits. Like, honestly, I don't know if these are uh, anything other than a British institution, but hobnob biscuits, they're fucking beautiful.
1: Yeah, we've talked about it before. I'm sure they're called Orties in America. I'm sure that's what they call. Yeah,
2: you, Yeah, you, uh, Sainsbury's have the wrong version of it, which are called Orty Rounds. Yeah. So. Mm.
1: In the video, you're going yeah. to see George Foreman, um, somebody whose name I've clearly deleted, Dennis Rodman, <laughs> Kevin Green, Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, and they're all shown. Um, they're all shown together with Hulk, who, who's wearing the WCW Hulkamania shirt at all these events. Uh, yeah. I don't.
2: It's just basically a video that says Hulk Hogan has been hanging around.
1: Yeah, and it's yeah. like
2: you're just pandering to the the. The mainstream. Yeah. Oh, And it's so fucking blatant. It's like, it, it couldn't be more blatant if Hulk Hogan actually pulled down Kevin Green's pants and kissed him on the ass. <laughs> it's just, it's so fucking bad and unnecessary.
1: Yeah, the, the one that I missed out was Shaq. Um, Spell, oh, Shaq. Spellchecker put it as Shaw, sure, so I thought, I'd, <laughs> I thought I'd deleted the name or something.
0: He um,
2: wouldn't have been anywhere near as a mainstream star if his name was Shaw no he wouldn't have
1: been no he wouldn't have been
2: you you wouldn't imagine him being AEW he's Shaw well <laughs> <laughs> it
1: wouldn't work now he's just getting cups of water thrown at him by Brandy Rhodes so he's living the high life clearly um, <laughs> back to the arena and it's Bischoff and Heenan at the box now for hour two of Nitro you're going to see going forward we should we make a big deal out of this second hour um, He Um
2: it, it's It's basically what WWE would do with the Warzone thing. With Raw. Yeah. 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 So people were going on about, oh... Because they they tried this again, I think it was last year, the year before, where they tried making a second half a big deal. They turned down the lights and things like that. Like, oh, yeah, WWE's going back to the world because they did this in the 90s and it was so fucking great. It's like, WCW did this first. Mm -hmm. Right here, they tried to make a bigger deal about the second half of the show.
1: Yeah. They... properly start throwing money at it as well like further i'm not going to spoil anything but further down the line um, it gets more and more of a big deal um yeah a million a million dollars an hour on fireworks
2: <laughs> i know where they're going with this eden
1: says mongo and green are hidden in a hotel room looking desperately at the dog hoping oran and fleur don't grab them from under the bed or spank them in the hallways uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey. this is just the first thing that he says uh
2: I, re- I To be honest with you, of all the heenanisms in this, that was the one I actually
1: <laughs> um, Bischoff
2: And you'll know why in a minute.
1: Bischoff refuses to acknowledge Razor Ramon's interruption earlier and says if he wants to talk, then he can come and talk. He does this uh, just slightly off mic, as if he's talking to somebody in the production truck. And next up, we're going to see Shark versus The Giant with Jimmy Hart for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. And this isn't the main right,
2: event. I- I messaged you yesterday saying that they've got they've still got nameplate issues with the title. You did, yeah. Now, to be to their credit, it's not saying Hulk Hogan. It's not saying Macho Man. It actually does say The Giant. Only it doesn't say The Giant. It says G-Ant. There's no I. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, it's just G-Ant now. It's, it's a rapper version of The Giant. It's G-Ant. <laughs> G-Ant.
1: Oh, God. Um...
2: Typical giant match, by the way. Yeah,
1: well, the first the first question I've asked here is, has this title been defended every week? Because it seems like it has.
2: Yes, it has. Uh, Which is a good thing, I think, because like you're not going to get five-star classics from the Giant here, or anybody that I actually faces. It's always going to be the same copy and paste, paint-by-numbers match. Somebody tries to get the Giant over, you know. well, I said get the Giant over, tries to push him over, can't push him over, you know, Giant... As of where comes back, wins, yada yada yada, we go home. It, it's the same match every week, but if the title's on the line, it makes it important. Yeah, it does. Um, it makes a giant look like a do- dominant a dominating champion.
1: Yeah, as and obviously as, as we detailed at the beginning of this, um, the Slambris results. Um, I, I remember saying to you actually, he didn't have a bad match against Sting. To be fair, uh, it made enough sense, and there was enough it's going hard. on to have it passable. It's
2: hard to have a yeah it's hard to have a bad match against sting at this point yeah
1: but i mean i wasn't expecting anything from it i was i, I even i was watching it and i even turned to beth and i said this isn't going to be fucking good and by the end of it i was actually <laughs> like you know what that wasn't that bad to be fair um no sting sting could polish a turd <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, at this at this point in time it, yeah he's um he's definitely the one to, to, to try and get other people over definitely um yeah bischoff Leading obviously leading into what I've just said there, Bischoff interestingly puts Jimmy Hart in the middle of the giant Lex title match now because, um, obviously that's potentially got to come at uh, Great American Bash because now he's got the number one contendership instead of Diamond Dallas Page, um, and Bischoff says he manages both of the uh, people that are going to be fighting in that match, so it's an interesting sort of toss up where Jimmy Hart's loyalties lie. Uh, giant looked better and better cosmetically it looks like he's really working out uh, and Heenan yeah. says that short can either come out of come out of this as the title holder or be over Jan- giant's mantle as a big fish or even processed as fish sticks <laughs> and for, okay, for our British Again. listeners fish sticks or fish fingers just so you know
0: Yeah,
2: I completely missed that as well <laughs> but <laughs> uh, to be honest with you my head was like eh, it's giant versus Shark." yeah it's all out yeah you know, so I, I completely zoned out, but that is a good commentary line.
1: Yeah, um there was a big scoop slam on Shark which piqued my interest. The ring genuinely shook. And he might not that be was pretty cool. Uh, he might not be a fish. well, he might be he might not be five hundred pounds properly, more wrestling weight, but it's it is impressive, can't lie. Um,
2: yeah. I will say one thing, there's more fucking subtitle issues throughout this match because Heenan starts quoting Luger saying the next time he gets in the ring with a giant he's walking out the champion. But the subtitles say walking out the gym. It's was like, I, I I had the sound down, so I only just heard what he actually said, but I had to turn it up and rewind several times, because like, I was like, why would Luca be walking out the gym? <laughs> like, oh yeah, I've got enough fucking steroids in my body, I'm alright for another month.
1: fuck it. It uh, go hey, cool on gyms with Sting as well. Gold's gyms. Were they Gold's gyms?
2: Uh, Gold's gym, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. And that's where Goldberg was working out And that's where he, he was spotted, apparently So I watched the, I was telling you when I, the, the Goldberg thing that's on uh, WWE Network At this moment in time um, oh, yeah. And Goldberg said that there was three people Stood over, and I can't remember who the third one was But it was Lex, Sting, and somebody else uh, And apparently they were just laughing at Goldberg Because he was working out And he was doing a terrible job of it So Goldberg <laughs> just stood up and said Do any of you want to fight? <laughs> and they all just went No <laughs> <laughs> and from that point onwards they were just like buddies.
2: Well, <laughs> I to be honest with you, I could imagine Bill Goldberg doing a really shitty job in the gym.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You
2: know, despite you know, picking up the uh picking up the dumbbells, trying to put him in a jackhammer and just falls over <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I just my lasting image of Goldberg is that fucking jackhammer against the Undertaker and it's so sad.
1: Oh. No well you'll get another one, won't you? somewhere down the line when's that oh, happening?
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh they've just teased it but it's gonna happen yeah. probably Wrestlemania is it Wrestlemania season is just around the corner we'll have Goldberg probably entering the Royal Rumble spearing somebody out over the top rope and winning
1: mm. not another Saudi show they mm. love him over there don't uh,
2: they uh, yeah I don't think there's gonna be any Saudi shows for the time being obviously because of the pandemic right so yeah this is the Wrestlemania it's Wrestlemania thing this
1: yeah uh Back into this match, and I've written something else. I just don't care about this match. Uh, have you ever noticed that WCW can zone out Jimmy's microphone me- megaphone, but they can't yeah. do it with women's screams?
2: Um, yeah, that's really a really good unless point. Unless that's
1: just like kudos to woman, because she's a sort of fucking louder than a fucking megaphone, I don't know. Um, as you can see, I would rather talk about anything but this match. Comms do well if making it more exciting... It is. All, all I
2: can imagine, you know that episode of The Simpsons where Bart's got all the megaphones, one after the other, yeah. and he just goes, testing, testing, testing. Yeah. That's basically woman's bloody uh, vocal cords. Pretty much. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Jimmy's up on the apron as Giant uh, gets took off his feet by a middle turnbuckle clothesline, and the distraction gets Giant the ability to get a chokeslam off, and the winner in this one is Giant via pinfall. And... Everything they've done to get the giant over
2: is gone straight away because he gets fucking Jimmy Hart's help. Yes again. Yeah. He doesn't need that help. Come on.
1: Mm.
2: Right. I'll say. I've said it before. I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. Fuck off, Jimmy Hart. <laughs> uh,
1: after the match, Big Bubba comes out and randomly cuts sharks hair. Why?
2: Yeah, looking like an overweight George Michael here. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> poor Marcus Bagwell? Heenan says he. he He'd rip it out Not cut it off If he was down there Laughing as they go to a break While it's being shaved off uh, Sure you would And then Yeah ne- In this episode For some reason Bobby Heenan is just having a good time He is yeah yeah. I think he's half cut off that champagne um, Next up we're going to see Max Max versus Lex Luger For the TV title Max is yeah. the Ma- Former Max Go on A
2: wrestler Not the fucking TV show on Channel 4
1: No uh, Max is the former bodyguard Of Diamond Dallas Page I'm telling you that Because the commentators won't I think
2: had no idea who the fuck he was
1: no Uh, Bischoff says nice haircut Max and Bischoff says uh, sorry Heenan says nice haircut Max and Bischoff says what no Bischoff says nice haircut Max and Heenan says yeah Yeah. if you're going to the chair if you're going to the yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, another plug for Jay Leno which will have Kevin Green on and almost mentions of Rey Mysterio oh and also mentions of Rey Mysterio Jr challenging for Di Malenko's Cruiserweight title upcoming soon Uh, Luger Mm -hmm. takes all the punishment to give off the impression that Max is a a powerful brute bischoff pratt it's a pratt Pratt. yeah yeah Uh, bischoff says you can tell
2: this is such a british podcast with the words (laughs) pratt Uh,
1: uh, you'll be calling
2: him a plonker next just
1: just before we we came on air as well uh obviously brian was trying out his new microphone and the hard peas, so he was like pratt plonker pristine whoa 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 i didn't have the posh accent
2: (laughs) I, I am a guy from East Lancashire, the north of England. I am not posh in any way, shape or form. That's how Americans we, think we, we speak. Yeah, we had a conversation yesterday about the uh, episode of the podcast that you've uh, put a little bit to the video about the 450 splash that Steiner does <laughs> and fails and me talking about, like, if you're a vir- uh, you're not a virgin if, unless you come. Mm. like uh, no, no, sorry, uh, you're a virgin unless you come type thing. And, uh, uh, yeah, and... That is not a posh thing to say. No, it's not. No. It, it's far from fucking posh. I am a commoner at heart. Oh, that is that is
1: the classiest thing you'd hear in Darwin.
2: It, to be honest with you, actually, that's true. Funnily enough, uh, I haven't brought this up, but when I actually got my Yeti today, I got it from Argos, and uh, with the click and glitz at the Townsmore Retail Park in Blackburn, obviously, and the guy that actually served me, he goes, A Yeti? Uh, yep, yeah, not a real Yeti, because that'd be hard to carry home. <laughs> And I said, have you actually felt the weight of the thing? And he picked up the box and he went, Jesus Christ, that's heavy. And he goes, "He goes, have you got a car? I said, no. He goes, good luck. <laughs> and then as I was leaving, the woman at the door just said, like, uh, she goes, hey, you're struggling a little bit there, Wolf, because I'm, I'm like, really getting used to the, uh, the weight of the thing in my bag. It kind of, like, just leading me over a little bit. I said, yeah, i just got a, a new microphone that's got a blue Yeti. She goes, well, you have a bit of a tru- uh, trouble getting at home, and I said, yeah. She goes, uh, well, at least it's not like a real yeti. But then again, you've seen the people in Blackburn, though. You won't walk out of place. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my fucking god!
1: <laughs> wow, I need to, Jesus I need to Christ. go to Argos, man. Fucking hell, they've all got the Christmas spirit, haven't they?
2: Yeah, they've got good banter. So.
1: Good effort. Well, in this, um, back in this week, we've got Bischoff saying, uh, just off the microphone that if quote if he wants to come out here he can come out at the end of the hour which uh, again as we detailed I thought it was really cleverly done um, <clears throat> Ben while looking at Sullivan as a home wrecker in the promotion for their no holds barred match upcoming on the commentary desk boy were you here we go well, <laughs> yeah awkward uh, <laughs> Luger makes a comeback with some loaded forearms uh, and just just in case anybody out there is wondering what a loaded forearm is he has a plate in his forearm because he was injured years ago, um, just in case that was lost on you. Uh, He gets a touch rack in after initially failing to lift him up the first time, and the winner in this one will be Lex Luger via submission. Boring. Rubbish.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Lex took a lot of punishment, to be fair, to try and get this max character over, but again, hard to care. Um, Post-match, Gene's in with Lex, and he's plugging his title shot at the Great American Bash. Gene says it's unique how he got his opportunity with DDP having it taken off him and Lex says nobody wants the Giant more than he does they go back to the slam through the table a couple of weeks ago on Nitro and Lex says we're out here trying to make a living and wrestling and he can't believe that the Giant would do such a thing he says Giant tried to take him out but he's still here and he's going to take on every big man in WCW in preparation hmm
2: how many big men are in WCW? Oh, maybe
1: the Yeti will make a return <laughs> No. but other than that he's just wrestled Max shark's probably going to be in there but other than that i'm giant yeah
2: that's literally it yeah I, I don't really know
1: oh uh maybe
2: uh jim duggan
1: yeah could be yeah he's
2: a he's a burly guy at least
1: i think he's i think he's about six five as well so he'd count yeah uh
2: to be fair though he's he's like kevin sullivan he, he looks like a human thumb <laughs> so just by looking that way they look smaller yeah, but yeah, I, I keep saying this about these poor people. But if I met them in a back alley when they're angry, I'm like, yeah, I'm going home. See you later. You know, I'm not. I ain't fucking sticking around.
1: No, definitely not.
2: Uh, call me a human thumb. He's a fucking human thumb. <sniffs> there goes <to> me eye. <laughs> Make sure it's the right eye because I've been having problems with it.
1: Oh, well, next up is going to be Bobby Walker versus Brad Armstrong. Um, uh, can I call this match? You can if I can just ask a question. Go on. Could somebody please tell me what Brad Armstrong's theme is because I actually quite like it
2: it actually it actually is a pretty good theme mm. but it sounds like it's a rip off of something but I couldn't really place what
1: it probably is um, but yeah the the other thing the only things that I've really put in this are commentary lines uh, yeah and the Bobby well, Walker as a Rocky you... theme
2: right funnily enough right you. I was thinking this like fucking hell I'm the one that usually comes up with the commentary lines and you've actually done a really good job of that <laughs> in this episode so you know what <laughs> very fucks to you thank you um, thank you but, yeah, I want to call this match because I don't fucking know why. <laughs> I just really want to get over how bad this match is. And I've been been—I've actually said that Brad Armstrong is a very good wrestler. He really is. Yeah. But this Bobby Walker, hard work body, uh, hard work body, hard work Bobby Walker, which sounds like a half of a comedy duo from Britain, <laughs> you know, like uh, Hale and Pace, that kind of thing, mm. hard work Bobby Walker, and, uh, I don't know, uh, what what would be the opposite, hard work, in a word. Uh, I, I, I can't really think, lazy, just lazy. Hard work, Bobby Walker, and lazy, Alan Jones. Um, fucking hell, that's AJ Styles, fuck, he ain't lazy, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Sorry, AJ, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to come up with, uh, okay, uh, Clive Thompson, there you go, lazy Clive Thompson, It. yeah, just the name alone, I'm like, Nye. I don't know who this guy is, but it doesn't really do much for him. Mm. But anyway, yeah, Rocky theme. Uh, he's coming out in a gown with a towel around his neck. He, he, he just, he's a fucking jabroni. He's an absolute jabroni. He just doesn't look the part at all. Anyway, um, I'm just going to run through this match really quickly. Walker nearly loses his footing uh, reverse in a monkey flip. Subsequent aerial move results in a slip on the ropes. Match submission ex- exchanges to absolute silence. There's no heat in this at all big back body drop by Walker that was a good thing about this match mm. to the top rope slips again ugly blockbuster pin Walker wins not a good match that's literally it the most exciting thing about this match was a big back body drop Uh, yeah and he is not good for a guy that's Bobby Heenan says he, he stays in the WCW power plant till 3am just to hone his skills how long has he been in the WCW power plant? Because he is fucking awful. <laughs> he can't even step on the ropes without slipping, for God's sake.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, quite dangerous. Um, I said poor Brad Armstrong
2: in this, because he's the guy that here to get this guy over. Mm. And this guy can't even climb on the ropes without slipping.
1: Yeah, I think... Um,
2: made be- you made me feel so fucking bad for Brad Armstrong that he actually got put in the match with this guy
1: well uh, I'll, I'll just run through what I've got here um, Bishop again states that we'll hear from Razor Ramon but he doesn't actually use his name as there's plenty of lawyers around listening that's his quote uh, during the yeah. match um, Eric Bischoff asks do you know what a thesis is Bobby and he, <laughs> he turns this I did catch. he turns around and he says was she not and Bischoff just straight away goes no no she was not and <laughs> um, <laughs> hard work attempts to go up top and fly but slips recovers and throws himself off in a crossbody attempt as the two commentators have that exchange that i was just um, alluding to previously uh, i said there was plenty of holds t- try to show off what they can do technically walker off uh, to the middle rope attempts to cockily jump onto the top rope hands free but slips again rescuing himself and flying off with a net breaker on armstrong and that's your winner bobby walker via pinfall um it was just painfully. It wasn't. Dull. It wasn't good. Uh, all right. And probably.
2: how many times have I said the word "fucking dull" in this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> next up, <laughs> excuse me. Next up is a, a WCW magazine promo, and I found out last week that that's Garrett Bischoff, the child. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. So he's done well for himself cool. in wrestling, hasn't he? Uh, yep. Yeah.
2: Referee part of the Nates, disappeared. Yeah.
1: Good job Apparently t- owed him $30,000 as well Fucking hell mm.
2: That don't surprise me No
1: um, Next up Lord Stephen Regal Is out With Jeeves Waving a little union jack Unplanned apparently uh, Alex Wright coming out next Okay Hey Bobby Walker That's how you go to the top rope My dude Because uh, yep. obviously Alex Wright as he usually does Goes to the top rope And does a massive fucking moonsault onto Standing moonsault Off the top rope Into the ring Landing on his feet that is exactly how you do it. Next, we're going to see this. Uh, Regal versus Wright. Again, Regal with the finger muscle. A couple of have and wrist-lock reversals early as they go to a break. Uh, Alex has a crossbody over the top rope after a couple of dropkick head-scissors takeovers. Um, after the break, obviously, we get we get, uh, the Glacier Pro Bowl again that's got spoken words, so we must be getting really close to that now.
2: Just to interject, there's... Um when do, uh, when Wright is doing the reversals from the Hamelot takedowns, he's doing a cartwheel. But the second one, he actually kicks Regal in the chest, mm. and Regal reacts like he's waiting for a bus in the freezing cold while desperately needing to pee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's got his arms stuck, neck right. His arms are glued to his uh, to his sides. Yeah, and he's just shaking. <laughs> and it honestly, Regal is just so fucking good.
1: <laughs> so British. <laughs> nobody nobody <laughs> sells like that, do they? no (laughs) God Um, Regal on top yeah go on
2: you you say nobody sells like that but that's how I would sell waiting for a bus in the freezing cold while needing to pee because I've been that guy yeah yeah Yeah, that is a very British thing Uh,
1: Regal on top as we come back but Alex comes back quickly a front headlock with a grinding forearm and slaps to the face as well look really harsh but Alex is up and gets another quick advantage before Regal is back on top as Bischoff runs down his disgust at the billionaire Ted etc skits that the wwf have been doing but that they shouldn't take the piss out of a fan i don't understand what they meant by that but there you go no uh alex all the way back now with an uppercut right into the t and crumpets according to heenan um smashing <laughs> drop kick from alex again after regal's onslaught with submissions and strikes right gets a little too ahead of himself and attempts a monkey flip i'm, I'm pretty sure a monkey flip in the corner but Regal slams him down, hitting his head hard on the mat, and the winner in this one will be William Regal, Stephen Regal, Lord Stephen Regal, via pinfall. And bef- just before that, um, there was an- the uppercut into the backdrop by
2: um, by uh, Alex Wright. He, he-, he Irish whips Regal into the corner, and he stalls just a split second, and he says, don't waste your time, sauerkraut bread. Yeah. And <laughs> when he says that, I'm like, Seriously? I I was already hungry, and now you're fucking talking about crumpets and sauerkraut bread. It's like, oh, God, it, it's no wonder after watching this last night, I ordered pizza because, I'll, and this was at twelve o'clock at night when I ordered pizza because I paid it Just right, like, just I w- I was so fucking hungry. I just needed to have something to eat, and I couldn't be asked cooking, so pizza it is.
1: Just a quick uh, correction did did you did you have the subtitles on for sour sour sauerkraut bread? Is that what you said? Yeah, it was but, it was it said breath. Oh, right, right, but
2: it sounded—it sounded like bread, but I didn't add to an subtitle. I, th- I
1: thought you might have had subtitles on. That might be why it said bread. It yeah. not but put it, it sounded past. like
2: sauerkraut bread.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, w- I won't put it past the network, to be honest. Um, the replay after this, actually I noted was brought to you by PlayStation, who will delete your cloud saves if you don't pay them. Uh, <laughs> G- <laughs> Last time I, I was calling out
2: Impact Plus, so this time you're fucking calling out Sony PlayStation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, kudos to him on the Cyberpunk. 2077 thing and giving refunds and shit like that fair play but you know Um, game saves should you know you shouldn't have to pay to store your game saves anyway when there's no other way to do it that's that's not cool if I fucking if Um, I were three quarters of a way through a game and I couldn't afford a fucking we're in a pandemic people can't fucking work right if you can't work you can't pay bills you can't pay your fucking playstation network subscription I'd be fuming if I lost my fucking my saves because I couldn't pay for the next three months or whatever it is Yeah. Um, yeah that is shitty so yeah, that's that's my rant out of the out of the way. Uh, <laughs> uh still in the ring and Gene is gonna get in the ring with Regal. Uh this this is fucking brilliant. I loved it. Regal with his arm behind his back, uh all the British mannerisms again, and he says Gene telling him how to live his life is like Quasimodo, telling people how to walk.
0: <laughs> he mentions
1: <laughs> it's Memorial Day and that his father will be delighted that he beat Junior Adult. Yeah, Junior Jesus. fucking adult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he then he then mentions that Giant is a what? <laughs> he said something about the giant. I have no idea what it is. No, I
2: it it came up indistinct on the subtitles.
1: Oh, so there you go. Macho running around like a hard man, but Regal has eliminated the toughest man in wrestling. And the person from the other company who wants war, who's forgotten, uh, who's forgotten who's in with, in within sunshine. Fuck. Um. Apparently, a kid is flipping him off, and he says he's not bothered by meagre peasants. He then challenges Sting to a match by saying the painted-faced, bloody clown. Uh, and he hopes uh, that will garner him a title shot. So, yeah, this was pretty fun. Um, I have just flown through that. And he's
2: saying all this while he's got a bloody nose as
1: well. Yeah, yeah.
2: It, it's just such a good visual. He's fucking angry and just shitting on everybody and his nose is bleeding.
1: <laughs> I just love that, though. Yeah, uh, it, his father will be delighted that he beat Junior Adolf.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can see why Vince wanted him. Fuck me. Yeah we, we um, laugh
2: about it but it's like yeah it's a it's a little tasteless but you know what it's
1: tasteless and touchy in 21st century in 2020 definitely yeah uh, but fuck me I, i'm all about that humor i like it yeah uh, I,
2: li- I like dark humor so you know and we've got to say it we're talking retroactively here as well like in the moment i would have fucking laughed at, you know i i would have been howling at that you know yeah it, it, it is what it is it's what its is what i am getting at
1: and it's not like the final solution was going to come out. Oh,
2: yeah, there you go. I mean, <laughs> retroactively, the final solution still wasn't a good idea.
1: Yeah. Um, side note, actually. Uh, we'd have to we be remiss if we didn't uh, give our love and thoughts and praise to the family and friends of the f- artist formerly known as a Z Gangster, who was Zeus in the WWE. Uh, he passed away, sadly, this week at... Um, I think he it was, it was about 50... It was He it was only fairly young... I say fairly young, in your fifties, isn't really young, is it? But I think um, he
2: was sixty-one. I thought.
1: Was he sixty-one? Still no age.
2: Um, I, I, I'm just looking it up
1: now. They're um, yeah, very sad to see the the news of his passing. Uh, yeah. The wee hours of one morning, whilst 60. you and I were actually recording, we were recording. Or yeah, we were. Um,
2: yeah, we were recording at the time. He was sixty-two years old. Sadly.
1: Yeah. Mm. Real shame. Um,
2: and it. I didn't even realize this. I've never seen the film Friday. You know, it's I, I'm not shitting on the type. Oh, you of, should. You know, the type of humor or it like that. But it's not something that's I've ever really gravitated towards. Like it's like Bad Boys and things like that. People are gonna just say, "Oh yeah," because it's black humor. It's not. I do enjoy black humor, but there's like certain films. Like as a Fresh Prince fan, I've just never been. There's just been something about Bad Boys it's like, yeah, I won't like that, and I don't know what it is. You know, I probably really should go and see it. I probably really should go and watch Friday because people say it's such a good film. But anyway, yeah, I agree. You know, I'll I'll, I'll digress. Uh, it goes to show that he wasn't just a wrestler because people from I had friends and family who loved the film Friday. It was just saying that yeah, this really sucks, and it, it, it's good that he broke out outside of wrestling and became a bigger star. I don't really know where he started and went, but you know. He had a big enough uh, fandom that there were people that weren't wrestling fans mourning on him, mourning his death, and yeah, really, really sad to see. You know, it, yeah. it, 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 it's not it's not nice when you see a celeb or a wrestler, an ex wrestler die. I mean, I'm, we're we're wrestling fans. I, I I've seen very little of his WWE work. I saw one or two appearances on WCW, and it it does hit home. It really does. We're not jumping on bandwagons here, it's like it, it's just the guy that I've seen on the wrestling programme who's died. That's sad. It's sad.
1: Yeah, uh if you go back to episode fourteen, I believe it is, in the Nitrogen podcast, um we, we, we do detail his appearance at WCW Uncensored nineteen ninety six. And to be fair, um, I think the only thing that we really said about him was Fuck me, he's a scary looking guy, yeah. and we wouldn't fucking mess with him. A guy that um, has
2: uh, only has one eye.
1: Yeah. You know, because
2: he yeah. looked like he ever had a glass eye or, or, or a contact, but you look at pictures of him, and that's not a gimmick. There's obviously something wrong with one of his eyes. I can't really tell yeah. you exactly what it were, but there's something wrong with his eyes, and he's fucking huge as well. He mm. looks like a guy that has been through some tough times and will crush you like a grip. He yeah, was a the, scary fucking guy.
1: So yeah, that's 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 where we detailed him uh, being in WCW very briefly for a couple of uh, a couple of cups of coffee, as they like to say. Uh, we'll continue with this podcast now. Wrapping up, uh, we're in the main event, which is Sting versus Scott Steiner. Uh, we we're, the attire is green and black on both sides, and the commentators have been like bigging this up all night, saying that these two are buddies, which uh, are, they more or less are. Um, or were in real life, I don't know if they are anymore I don't think Scott Steiner has friends anymore no. um, well, he's, he's certainly not my friend we've been running all night uh, about these two being friends, which is which is what I've just said early advantage to Sting until a gorilla press slam with ease from Scotty Sting comes back with a nice drop kick and Scotty is out of the ring, a slingshot crossbody from Sting to the outside also but, sorry, a slingshot crossbody from Sting to the outside also but Scotty back on top inside the ring with a butterfly super suplex powerbomb and belly to belly uh, Steiner this time to the outside with the top rope axe handle but only for a two count when he rolls him back in and Bishop here, says that they
2: oh wait you're going to put that you're going to say what I were about to say go
1: on well you can say it if you want
2: yeah um, Heenan says it's all Scots are taking and when Eric asks him how many times he's said that and he's been wrong Heenan uh, says Sting he um, uh, uh, sometimes he cheats and then Eric asks him if his mic broke, and uh, and says they bring backups. Which I just thought, fucking good. How many mics has Rick Flair broke? Yeah, <laughs> it's probably good that they actually caught on. There's some really good commentary lines here in just short bursts. So as you continue, mm. I am going to interject.
1: Uh, Sting shot into the corner But gets a boot up And Steiner takes a big boot In the corner So well Every time Every time I, Scott Steiner takes a big boot and when, and when In the corner It looks so good And when
2: that happens Heenan just busts a gut laughing <laughs>
1: Yeah uh, Steiner gets the advantage Back with an STF Sting is soon Going to be like uh, A Great Dane According to Heenan
2: Yeah I miss that Continue
1: <laughs> Quote He'll be able to get his leg Up to his head Fucking hell Yeah um, <laughs> Styra keeps it on attempting uh a, a, s- keeps the pressure on sorry attempting a vertical suplex sting floats out and it's a scorpion death drop but it isn't known as that yet apparently uh it gets zero reaction and the commentators don't say a thing like nobody even flinches a muscle stinger splashes one connects and one doesn't uh a dragon suplex on sting looks gnarly oh. just as lex luger is coming out well
2: there's one thing we've actually really missed here there was a belly belly to belly and there was a pink out which the, the ref, which was Nick Patrick, he actually did it really slowly. There was a little bit of miscommunication in the junction. And at this point, Heenan says, come on, referee, did your father teach you how to count? Maybe not, <laughs> not with that family. <laughs> I've heard I've heard some quite uh, shitty things about Nick Patrick's father. So, obviously, Heenan's got All the right. inside knowledge here. But, yeah, that that, re- that really pricked my ears up like a great then.
1: Yeah. Um, so Lex has come out now uh, Rick Steiner's come out as well Scott takes you, Sting to right did you glove? see
2: Rick Steiner's attire here he's got what I thought were just blue and white striped shorts but it actually uh, he said it's his singlet he's got a, a blue t-shirt a t-shirt on covering it and a beige hat he's also wearing boots he looks like he's fresh off a fucking sailboat he looked ridiculous
1: <laughs> he did look a bit weird yeah very bizarre I kind of got half- halfway into uh... well actually he's not wrestled so no, he's in a singlet but exactly did he wrestle on dark? I'm just going to take my pants off and run to the ring <laughs> <laughs> um, No, I I, d- I I didn't note down any dark matches so I presume not no I can only imagine
2: that he would just like uh, where were they here because I didn't really note down where they were uh, Macon Georgia ok so uh, and just imagine that he would just uh uh, at on, on a boat just doing some fishing and somehow he just got this idea that oh shit Scott's in trouble throws his rod down gets off the boat runs to the arena and he's just dressed like that he, oh, oh my god can't get over how ridiculous he fucking looks <laughs> he why why was he he his fucking single no, nobody knows but he <laughs> he looks pathetic
1: yeah really bizarre um Sting takes, sorry, Scott takes Sting to the corner very lethargically. Sting and a fireman's carry dropped onto the canvas from the middle, but Scotty is selling a lot of fatigue. Uh, There's an attempt at a Frankensteiner, which misses, and Sting gets a scorpion deathlock on, but it's in the ropes nice and early. Sting fights a tombstone attempt and gets his own off, but only for a two count. Back and forth with the advantage here attempts at a vertical back into the ring with Sting on the apron Sting reverses and it was heart in mouth moment as Steiner goes up and over in a vertical suplex to the outside thankfully he lands on his feet Uh, Scotty attempts another but Lex gets involved to help Sting's momentum shift Rick Steiner then chases Lex and gives him some right hands Uh, Lex ends up in the ring and the Steiner's double team him Sting then helps Lex and it breaks down completely uh, Craig Pittman Bobby Walker Alex Wright and Jeff Jarrett and the American Males are all out to help separate them and Luger gets a cheap shot off when he can I completely miss that Jeff Jarrett was here he was yeah wow it um, was a no contest as the official decision here and we go back to the commentary booth as it continues in the ring Heenan's justifying them all fighting to get to the top of the pile and here comes Razor Ramon out to talk to Eric Bischoff specifically Saying that he's got a big mouth. And says, we're sick of it. With Bishop saying, who's we? Razor says, get Billionaire Ted to get three of his best. Maybe the natural main. Oh no. <laughs> the stinger. I <I'm> so scared. <laughs> we're taking over, he says. You want a war? You've got one. But in the ring. Not on mics. Not in newspapers. And not on dirt sheets. Again, Razor says, we are taking over. And as we close off with a speechless Bischoff and Heenan saying, see you next week with no plugs for matches or nothing, you just see two stunned faces from two commentators that can't believe what the fuck's just gone down. Yeah,
2: fucking amazing. Absolutely amazing how well they sold that. For the most part, Heenan is just sat there, mouth agape. Heenan, fucking speechless.
1: Yeah, the person that will always have something to say. Yeah,
2: always has a jibe, and he's there with his mouth open. You know, absolutely brilliant ending. I mean, if you want want to look at how to sell such a shocking moment, they fucking nailed it. I mean, even Mm -hmm. when Bischoff, who's got a mic on, he's got a mic on, and it could easily just be shouting down, who's we? Who's we? He's just like, who's we? He's-he's just solemn about it. it. It- if if you could get an Oscar for a finish of a wrestling show from commentary, they would get all the fucking Oscars. They were fucking brilliant here.
3: And the only way to do that is you gotta kick people's butts! You gotta make enemies! Alright, alright, alright! Hey! looky here! You wanted to- Kindle! You, say- you got such a big mouth! And we- We- are sick of it. What do you mean? Who's me? No. Hey, this is where the big boys play? What a joke. i tell you what. You go tell Billionaire Ted, you tell him get three of his very, very best. Maybe, uh, maybe the Nacho Man. Oh. No. Hey maybe, maybe he get the stinger. Ooh. I so scared. You go get anybody you want. Because we what do you mean we? We are taking over. You wanna go to war? You want a war? You got one. Only only let's do it right in the ring where it matters not on no microphones not in no newspapers or dirt sheets let's do it in the ring where it matters if uh, if billionaire Ted and his big boys if they got any uh any guts you're because over the we line. are coming down here. You're stepping over the line. And like it or not, not we are taking over.
1: You're out of here. You're out of here.
3: I don't know what to say. We'll see you next week.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a shame that the Slammy Awards are a WWE exclusive, <laughs> because I actually really dig the name Slammy whoa, whoa, Awards. Whoa, whoa, that would be whoa. so cool. Right,
2: you say it's a shame. Okay, cool name aside. Fuck off with that bullshit. The fucking Slammy Awards. Fuck off. <laughs> when they said they were bringing them back this year, I went like, oh, for fuck's sake. That you know someone's gonna win at a fucking. Do you remember the this... The Slammys only has a little bit of prestige because of uh, Owen Hart. Uh, winning a Slammy for a fucking best bow tie. He won a Slammy for a best oh. bow tie, and he's supposed to be giving another Slammy award to somebody else, and he's just acting like the winner, and he's got, I got two Slammys! Woo! Like, that's not a real good one heart impression, but that's only what the Slammys is fucking remembered for. Fuck off, like, slammys, Yeah. No prestige Again, to that.
1: <laughs> I, I, I did have an intention of bringing that up as a topic on the uh, Week in Wrestling well, that you'll see on our YouTube channel. Go to tree link l-i-n-k-t-r dot e forward slash cast. Uh, you'll get a link there um, right,
2: I love the Sommies you've fucking heard how much I like them <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yes uh, I heard what was going to win match of the year so I really want to talk about that um, the ratings obviously I'll go from the real TV ratings to your rating for this as well A rating 2.8 to rose 2.3 so obviously the showing up of Razor has changed the shift in this one, with people switching halfway through the uh, episode into hour two to see what would happen. And what would you say, Brian? What would you give this one? Uh,
2: it was a two-star fucking show. Wow. Yeah, it was. We've got to really look at it from a two-hour show perspective. Like, if you just had the opening contest and the end contest with one filler match, that would have been a three and a half-star show. What you yeah, ended up having was two really good matches, one very good match, I'd say. Like uh, the, the the end match was really fucking good. The beginning match was really good, but and I'm saying this about Steven Regal versus uh, Alex Wright. It wasn't a really long match. It was just a good match. It wasn't. They just it just didn't really pick up any steam. I'd say it was it was just mm. like all that. Were, it was good for what it were. Apart from that, you just had a lot of fucking filler. And when you look at it from from that, shocking moment aside, it's I wouldn't even say shocking moment aside, it was a great moment and, and what have you, but it's so hard to come back from that. It really is hard. And as 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 good as it were for DDP like you 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 really need to bring out the big guns in this and they didn't. So that really harmed the show.
1: Yeah, do Do you think that, like, the Philly um, matches, the poor matches might have, have sort of been structurally put there to make the big incident even bigger, if you know what I mean? See,
2: this is where I'm looking at... Uh, this is my standpoint, though. Like, I would have... If, if I heard a big thing had happened on Natural, and I'm, I'm just talking right to White we're here, so I'm, I'm watching Raw, and somebody says, oh, Razor turned on, uh has turned up on Natural, I would tune into Natural, and then, like obviously you've got my attention now so I'll be watching DDP and I'm like okay you know what DDP looks a star and then I've got those two matches after I'm tuning out I'm not sticking Mm -hmm. around for that at that moment you had my attention for a big moment but when you've got my eyes you've got to show me something good it may be sure that this was a big moment but then you've got these stars who I've never seen before and they're, they're just really really poor matches you're saying like okay you've got this one big guy why? Why have I got to tune in now? What else have I got to tune in yeah. for? I might just look in next week to see what might happen. But I'm still watching Raw at this point. If I if I'm a WWE fan, I'm still watching Raw. I'm tuning back for that because that's a show I like. So yeah. it's for me. You have really gotta you. And also we're also we're also looking at the Naturals that were before this. We watched three three Naturals and two that were very good and one that was shite. But to me, you've already set up a platform for two hours. That you've got all these wrestlers that can, turn, that can put on a great show. I'm looking at looking at this saying, "Where's Dean Malenko? Where's Benoit? Where's Eddie Guerrero? Where's Liger?" Yeah. And they're not yeah. they're, they're not to be they're not not to be seen.
1: So I'm. You're looking for talent to be showcased, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. While people are watching. Exactly.
2: Yeah. So I'm looking at it from two different perspectives. I'm not just looking, judging it on the show as a standalone show. Like, you you made a very valid point that like they're trying to underscore how bit, uh, big a moment that really was. That said, though, like, I've just watched Nitro prior to this where we had all these big names, and they're not here, so I'm sad about that. But I'm also looking at it from the outside looking in. If I'm watching WWE and I tune in for that big moment and then I'm seeing a guy slip off the fucking ropes and I'm seeing three poor matches, I'm not sticking around. I'm tuning back into Raw. I'm sorry, you've got to bring in the big guns. One way, you know, no matter how, how you can justify trying to sell the mag- uh, you know, how big a moment the Scott Hall, the Razor Ramon invasion was, you've got to keep my attention. You can't just have me, as a wrestling fan, watching these poor matches and expect me to stay, stay tuned in until the end of the show and gone by Sting versus Scott Steiner. It's simple as that.
1: Well, let's talk about what you would have been watching if you were watching WWE Raw at this time. It would have been a King of the Ring qualifying match, which was the Ultimate Warrior fighting WWF Intercontinental Champion, Goldust, accompanied to the ring by Marlena, to a double count-out in a non-title match when Goldust tried to leave ringside and was attacked in the aisle by the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, After the bout, Jerry Lawler attempted to retrieve the director's chair from Marlena, but the Warrior grabbed it instead, destroying it in the ring. Royds, man, they'll do that to you. Uh, WWF Tag Team Champions The Smoking Guns with Sonny Defeated Skip and Zip in a non-title match When the momentum of a flying body press By Skip put Bart Gunn on top for the win Uh, Hillbilly Jim did Guest commentary for the bout Until he ushered the Godwins Who came ringside midway through the bout Backstage Another King of the Ring qualifying match Was Vader with Jim Cornette pinning Ahmed Johnson After Owen Hart who was doing Guest commentary for the bout (laughs) came off the top with a double axe handle using his arm cast as Ahmed covered Vader following a spine buster. Cornette was chased backstage by Ahmed at the three-minute mark, but he returned late in the contest and his distraction allowed Hart to interfere. After the match, Ahmed was taken backstage on a stretcher where he was eventually revived by Goldust using mouth-to-mouth.
2: Okay, right. Now, up until that point, I'm like, yeah, there's enough to keep me intrigued on that show. Cause you know, big Goldust fan. Ultimate Warrior, I don't like. But you know, if you are a fan of WWE at this time, you are obviously you're going to be a fan of the Ultimate Warrior. Well, I'd say fan. He was a very polarizing figure. But the chances are you yeah. might be a fan. But Goldust, Goldust was always entertaining as a face or a heel. So I'm already tuning in with that. Fucking Owen Hart on commentary. Come on, mm. I'm tuning into that show for that alone. That is. <laughs> Because Owen Hart was a ridiculously hilarious guy yeah. on the mic, so he there, there would have been gold, though.
1: Um, moments after the mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, an enraged Ahmed Johnson chased through the arena looking for gold dust. Uh, this was actually Ahmed's first TV loss. And in other segments, these included highlights from the blacked-out portion of the previous night's pay-per-view, which were not televised, um, it featured a Ted DiBiase challenging Savio Vega to face Steve Austin in a rematch of the Caribbean Strap match, with DiBiase's WWF career at stake in that one.
0: Hmm.
1: And whew, it's pretty strong, pretty strong raw. When when you look at it like that, yeah. I mean, the whole mouth to mouth thing's a bit <laughs> weird, but yeah. But other than that, I, wanna... I mean, like you said there about uh, about Warrior, uh, prime example is a guy at work. He, he found out that I, I used to watch wrestling and everything, and he. Like he's he's a big gym freak, but um, first thing he said to me was like I fucking loved Ultimate Warrior when I was growing up. See, yeah,
2: and a, and, a, and a, I
1: just said to him, why?
2: Yeah, <laughs> see, that's the thing. Like people just loved his promos. They didn't really care if he's in ring stuff that much. It was like it was same. With, it it was Hulk Hogan in a different coat of pen. Yeah, that's that's basically yeah. it. And yeah, you like the promos, and that that's enough to carry him through. You know, just do their few moves, and that's it. You you're fine with that. You know, mm. it, like Hulk Hogan's polarizing. I mean, any any guy that was at the top of WWE at that point, or, well, I won't even say at that point, thereafter, was polarizing. Apart from The Rock and Stone, Stone Cold, who, you know, I mean, for the most part, they were adored. You mm. know, even retroactively, they're still adored. The people could tune in and watch Hulk Hogan and not be happy with it, But you could tune into The Rock or Austin, and you'll probably love one of them. You know that's that that's a good thing about having two top stars in one era. At one era, but it, yeah, John Cena, polarizing, Roman Reigns, polarizing. You know, it's if you're talking uh, uh, the the quintessential top guy of a company, they're always going to be polarizing figures. You're either going to love them or hate them.
1: As always, always social media channels: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit. Um we're on every single one of them, we're on YouTube as we've just discussed Uh, linktree ee forward slash Nitrogencast has links to everything Uh, of course at Nitrogencast is everything on social media platforms anyway Um, we've got another new podcast server in iHeartRadio so now if you subscribe to iHeartRadio you can listen to the Nitrogen podcast there alongside Amazon, Google, Apple uh, Pandora and uh, I'm sure there's a couple more else that I've missed off um my head is full of cotton wool and i'm gonna trip the kettle for a lemsip instead of trip the light fantastic today and <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you again right. for another episode of the nitrogen podcast at some point in the near future when i'm not as ill as i am right now
3: his entrance to the ring wearing yellow and denim he stands six feet three inches tall and weighs 248 pounds this auburn university all-american has consistently led his teams in the nfl to the playoffs year after year he has more quarterback sacks than any linebacker in nfl history tonight. Here in Jacksonville, he gives away size, strength, and power. But as always, he backs down from no man. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the man from Destin, Florida. He's an NFL All-Pro. He is Kevin Green. Look at this, yellow and denim is
1: what Michael Buffer said. He's in a three-point stance and here he goes! he You can see he's in that makeshift wrestling attire. He wasn't prepared for this matchup, but he's not backing down or backing up from the Giant.
3: Look how great he looks.